Welcome, welcome to the very first live video of After 5 at Jumix. And tonight is a little bit special because we are actually doing this live instead of our usual pre-recorded podcast, which you can listen on our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and some other channels, right? So as usual, I'm your host for tonight. My name is Sandstil, together with my partner here, Deanna. Hi, Deanna. Yeah, so because um, please share this video, live video to your friends and I'll be handling, you know, the sharing to groups and so on. So I'll leave the introduction to Diana. So Diana, please take the stage. Hello and welcome back to this. It's not welcome back actually. It's welcome to our very new kind of episode, a live stream episode of After Fire Jumix. Usually you should know that uh, our listeners should know that we usually do podcasting, but uh, due to you know MCO and COVID-19, we have also have to adapt to the new normal of how we should be coming on live more often to reach to more people out there, especially you guys are on your phone and on your, you know, on your screens more often nowadays. So today um, we are very, very delighted to have a special guest with us. Um, is I actually found out about Aipua Penang. Um, from adopting a puppy early this year. So if you guys don't know that uh, I was very, very happy after asking my family a lot, a lot of times, can I please, please adopt a puppy? And finally, my dad said yes. The next day, I went to Occupy Bay Street and went for Aibwa Penang and I finally got a puppy because actually we used to have a dog of 11 years and uh, sadly he passed away. And then we had to get over his passing for a while before we could accept a new puppy to our home. So finally we did it and it was the best decision ever. And to know that how Aibwa Penang, uh, you know, what what they do behind supporting all these puppies and supporting, you know, the Penang MBPP Council to stop killing strays is something that I think is very, it's, it's something that it's not easy that you can find someone to do this. And especially this NGO, they are an NGO doing this behind the scenes. I really, really wanted to help them, you know, support their cause and want to know more about them and hopefully for more people to support their cause as well. So, um, of course, today this is a, a, a live show. And uh, like in the new normal or before the new normal, when you come on a show, you have to applause as loud as possible before the guest comes in. So it's almost the same. We're going to do it this way because we really, really hope that you watching this could share this to your friends, your family, anyone who loves pets and wants to support Aiwa Penang as well. Okay, so uh, share this to your friends. And when we reach a certain number that, you know, is going to help Aiwa Penang, of course, with whatever that we're sharing tonight, then we will um, officially... Introduce our guest, Miss Chong, the founder of Aibwa Penang. So, uh, before that, you know, I hope everyone is uh, has had their dinner very comfortable on their couches or anything to listen to how this passionate team, Aibwa Penang, actually manages an NGO, you know, helping the strays around Penang Island. And what's amazing is that just recently I saw that they achieved a thousand six hundred you know, strays being saved by Aiba Penang. It, I, I was just imagining to myself, if 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 I lived, I mean, if my row of houses, that row of houses, everyone had a dog, that, that is only like maybe 30 or 40, but 1,600, can you imagine the amount of dogs? Yeah, that's a lot. Being helped? Yeah. And 
I think they achieved this within two years. Okay, another thing is maybe you you are not familiar with IBWA Penang. IBWA is actually an acronym for Independent Aid for Protection and Welfare of Animals. So uh, for IBWA Penang, they are NGO in Penang that helps strays. And also they are formed to implement the TNR project with uh, Penang Council and BPP. So TNR actually stands for Trap, Neuter and Release or Rehome. So this is this may sound very new to you, but don't worry, we have the professionals or professional coming on to our show later to tell you more about what is the TNR project. Okay, so um, I think, Sans, what are we having yes. right now? So we have about 29 live viewers right now. Oh, so oh, I think oh once God. we hit 30, oh yeah, we just hit 30 viewers right now. Oh, so are you guys excited to invite our guests for tonight? Are you excited, Diana? Yes, of course. I've been like talking to Miss Chong for a while, like doing our rehearsals. And she's just a very, very passionate uh, lady, you know, running this NGO. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see how, you know, she do everything, manage the team Myself. and also even, uh, yeah. you know, dedicated her life to this. Yes, woman empowerment. Yeah. yeah, women empowerment yeah. for sure. So please, guys, um, please share this video to your friends, to your family, yeah. to any group that you have already joined, okay? So without further ado, I think let's welcome our guest tonight, Miss Chong. All right. So I'm going to do a brief introduction about Miss Chong. Hi, Miss Chong. So Miss Chong is the founder of Iwa Penang and a strong Hello. advocate for trap, neuter, release or rehome effort to humanely and effectively control stray population on the Penang Island. So since March of 2018, Ms. Chong left her full-time senior lecturer position of 19 years. That is like that's like a, a career of, you know, a very uh, fulfilling career there to fully dedicate her life, uh, her time and effort to implement the TNR project in Penang Island. So the accounting graduate and holder of the professional master's in finance leads Aibwa Penang to partner with Penang Island City Council or more of commonly known as MBPP, to end the killing of strays in the island, replacing it by more effective and humane stray management. So thank you so much, uh, Ms. Chong, for you know sparing some time to discuss about what are you doing and what is IBWA about today. Thank you tonight. for joining us tonight, Ms. Chong. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I can hear your puppies behind uh, applauding <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, additional audio effect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have uh, more audiences there. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you want me to talk about uh, a bit about my background? Yes. Or my uh, yeah. Why I left my job. <laughs> exactly. Like, how did you even, you know, just leave your job of nineteen years to to do this? Uh, well, when we have this opportunity to actually get the government on our side to actually carry out this TNR to end the killing of strays, and uh, we realize that it has to be a full-time basis to implement this project. And uh, this is like a dream come true. Like, I never thought that in my lifetime I will ever have a chance to see uh, no kill in Penang Island itself. And uh, when this opportunity presents, you know, right in front of my face, I uh, was like, uh, well, it, it took me some time to think, but in the end, I said that, you know, it's like better to do something than, you know, end up regret, you know, on my 
bad 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 uh, that bad I would be like regret what if I've done it. So in the end, I just jump into it, you know, uh, I mean, so that I don't live a regret life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it, it's it's uh you know it's a very tough decision I can imagine, and. For you to be able to have this opportunity, did you have like prior experience in this industry? Um, through volunteering. Uh, before I started, I was in I was volunteering for a few shelters and helping here and there, and uh, that's where I found that that is my passion to do something for the animals. So mm. it wasn't very difficult decision actually, because when we see all the sufferings. On the streets and the injustice towards all these animals, you know, and we need someone to be there for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you could you please let us know how this opportunity came to you? Like, did um, for example, did you just went to the Penang Council and tell them, hey, uh, you can do this, 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 and that. You have, you know, experience in TNR and you want to do this for Penang, or was it like uh, they they came for you to implement this? Actually, the credit should goes to the council, who is actually far sighted and um progressive, you know, mm. and they were looking at ways to actually solve the stray population overpopulation issues, and they know that yeah, they've been doing that killings for all the years, and it doesn't really solve the problem. So they were looking at alternative ways, and they knew that from research paper shown that TNR scientifically has proven that uh is a is a better way to manage stress. Those areas that have uh, been managed using threat neuter and release method, that that the that, that that is positive impact on that, and they were quite uh, keen to do this. That's why they approached Ayabua Penang, uh, sorry Ayabua in UK international based mm-hmm. uh, organization, okay. and that's where Ayabua UK actually then approached me to actually implement this project in Penang. I see. So at first it was. You know, I remember like years ago when the killing was still around, when the council yeah. did keep trace, and there are a lot of petitions and all that. So I'm very, very glad to know that, you know, the government do hear, like especially the Penang Council, do hear our voice and actually take action in yeah. this case. That That's amazing. Yeah. Like, give an affirmation that whatever that we've been posting on, on social media actually works. So sometimes voicing yeah. out is really important, especially for this case. So... Continue yeah. with um, what is Aiwa Penang about? Like you said, it's a UK-based uh, NGO. How did it actually came to Penang? Okay, so it was, again, like you said, due to the killing that in the year 2015, there was a mass killing of stray dogs in a few states due to yeah. some rabies cases. Mm. So there was a huge outcry, like you said. And uh, a lot of objection and petition and even uh, demonstration here and there. So um, one of the animal advocates actually was my my friend in another society. We were that time helping out the animals but in another NGO. And uh, we actually proposed this IWA to the council actually because we found that IWA UK actually has a project in Sabah itself to do this also TNR in Kota Kinabalu. So we actually, my friend actually proposed this to UK, like, um, proposed this to MBPP. Mm. And uh, actually MBPP then actually, uh, you know, make an engage- engagement with the, the society. Mm. And that's how it proceeded from there. And uh, it took some time to discuss on the MOU. So mm. MBPP was presented with this IWA in 2016. But um, 
after negotiation, it carries on until 2017 where the MOU was then awarded finally. Mm. So, so is this like a two-man show in, in the first, you know, founding of the NGO? Like I can understand you and your friend, but is it like only you and your friend behind this whole project at first or there was a team of people... Um, no, there was uh during that outbreak, that outcry, you know, there was a lot of uh, animal NGOs and uh, advocates and rescuers that actually band together to to try to stop the unnecessary killing and to tell the government to start rabies vaccination and uh, stop the killing. Yeah, so it was actually like you say, it's the voice of the people, and the council was listening to it. Yeah. Mm. That's good. That's I great. think I think back then MBPP has like a very bad reputation because yeah. of the public opinions. But you guys actually help also help to save this, you know, bad convert it from bad to something good. I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. We can see for the past two years, I don't think you can hear of any complaints regarding yeah. MBPP mishandling the stress. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's that's amazing job. So in terms of like what who consists in this team of Iwa Penang right okay, now? So Iwa Penang is actually officially registered. So like all societies, we need to have a minimum of seven committee members that actually um, oversight the, the society. Uh, major decisions are made uh, with the help of, I mean, with the approval of committees. So we have seven committee members that is known as president, vice president, treasurer and so on. So this group of people, they are very passionate uh, animal lovers and we are very great, 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 uh, grateful that, that they actually join us. And we have from various backgrounds, from like myself, it's a finance accounting background, but we have also auditor, uh, senior accountant, we have lawyer, we have a medical doctor, we have business woman director. So each one has our own strength which we draw together to actually run the society in a more professional way. And uh, we have our own network. So that's very important for a committee to actually oversee the overall. But uh, on day-to-day basis, we have another team where we have to carry out our activities every day. So we have to have to hire staff because we have to do it every day. So we cannot depend on volunteer to come in. Our duties is every day, Monday to uh, basically, we need to be there twenty four seven. Actually, <laughs> so we have um, two full timers. Uh, then we have a night caretaker. Uh, then we have three part timers that come in when in need. And these people are all very passionate about helping the the dogs. Yeah. So they they like currently they stay in the office or where you all are based. For the full uh, basically, we have to be. We have to have someone here. 24 hours so the full-timer will come in during the office hours so after they leave we have our night caretaker come in to take over to just take care of the dogs at night Mm. and we cannot leave them alone so Mm. yeah we need someone to check on their safety and if at any emergency then they will call me that kind of thing that's good like uh, we are very happy and glad to know that there are people who are doing this it's not easy to find people like that yeah so carrying on like as you know, every business has their mission and vision. What is your mission for Aibwa Penang? Yeah, so like Aibwa Penang was actually purposely formed to actually implement this threat Newton release project for Aibwa UK. And uh, we have the partnership with the MBPP. So our mission is to actually carry out the threat Newton release project mm. together with MBPP to actually humanely manage the stray population in Penang. 
Mm. Okay. Through the TNR method. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people do not know what is TNR about. Although we are, mm. we have been saying like TNR, TNR. <laughs> so I yeah. think it's, it's yeah. better that we go into like what really is TNR, you know, and what are the yeah. the benefits of TNR. Yeah. So trap neuter release actually, like I say, is a scientifically uh proven method. What we are doing here is actually very scientific based with uh, statistic and data to actually support it. So trap neuter release is a concept where we have to neuter up to at least 75 or 80 percent of a stray population and it has been shown scientifically those areas that adopt this and they achieve this 75 to 80 percent stray population uh, being neutered sterilized then uh, they find that initially the stray population in that area will initially start to stabilize we have to release this dog back to the area so of course you cannot see immediate reduction in the strays there Okay, but then um, as the dog live their natural life on the in that particular area over a few years later, then you may see a reduction in the stray population in that area. Because once we sterilize them, we neuter them, they don't breed and they don't increase the population. Mm. So TNR works in a way that we have to release the dog back to a particular area because dogs, they are territorial. So... You know, in the past, why killing doesn't work? Why killing doesn't work or removing the dogs to shelter doesn't work? Is because we then have a vacuum. When we have get vacuum created, where we have resources available, people who continue to feed, they will provide resources like mm. water, shelter, food, and it will attract new dogs to come into that area. And these new dogs doesn't, uh, wasn't spit. You know, uh, then they will breed again. You know, then you remove some, then they will continue to breed. And then if you empty the place. With resources, new dog will come again, you know, to consume the resources. Mm. Yeah, so as long as they have put their resources, you will attract strays to that area. So if you keep removing and keep killing them, it is endless cycle. So track neuter release is we take them, neuter them, we put them back into the same place. So they consume the resources that is provided by people you know, or in that area. So new strays won't come in because they are territorial. So... This existing stray that we have already spit, neutered, they will just live their natural life in that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we repeat this uh, spaying and neutering in the whole island, you know, mm-hmm. in every possible, I mean, areas oh, no. that we can find in the whole yeah. island, yeah, you can then see initially the stray population will stabilize and then over a period of time as they live out their natural life, it mm-hmm. will then reduce. Yeah. yeah that, how far how this, you know, this big mission here? Is that like the uh, Okay, so like I said, we do things very systematically and uh, scientifically. So actually, we did a survey last August where oh. we have uh, the support from the UK. They sent professionals to help us to do a survey. And I went out to do a survey with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Within two weeks, actually, we drove uh, around one, more than 1,000 kilometers in Penang Island itself to do survey of dogs population. So we go, we leave the house very early, 5 o'clock in the morning, do a survey in the early morning and late at night. That's where you can see more dogs actively free roaming right. dogs out. Yeah. So we did a survey and we estimated the whole Penang Island, we have about uh, 10,000 stray dogs. Free roaming wow. dogs, uh, we say free roaming. It's not exactly straight. Yeah, how, we how estimated there are 10,000. Like, you, did you bring a clicker or something? Uh, we have apps. We have apps. So, when we go around, we will then um, try to spot. We try to spot dogs. Then, we try to see whether they are male, they are female. And those, whether they have ear notch that maybe is already spayed by us. 
muted by us, we have the double ear notch. So we try to see, and then we see that are there puppies? If any dogs or puppies below four months, then we categorize them as puppy. Then from the survey, we also do look at the body condition of the dogs. Uh, we rate them from one to five. One is very severely emaciated, you know. Then two, you can see some red bone. Three is the ideal one. Four is a little obese. Five is uh, very obese. You know, and um, it's not surprising that actually our strays in Penang Island that we see in the survey mostly falls into three and four. Oh, so they are, yes, they are well taken care. Yeah. Yes, they are Penang very well taken care by... <laughs> well, maybe Penang has a lot of kind people, <laughs> a lot of feeders, strict feeders. These are really unsung heroes. They really mm. take good care of these stray dogs. You know, It's just that they don't have the home to bring them, I mean, a space to bring them home, but they really care for all these street dogs and um, they give treatment to them, they feed them rain or shine, you know, and yeah. uh, we are working with quite a number of these feeders also. So even when the dogs has injury or sickness, they will treat them and some of them, they use their, and then most of them use their own personal money, you know, they've been very unselfish. So the straight dog population, you can see, our straight dogs are very healthy. Yeah. When we, it's very healthy, they will breed even more. You know? So we right. we then need to do TNR. And if like I said, if we continue to kill or remove them away, there are these kind people who continue to give resources and new dogs will still come. So it doesn't solve the problem. It's so the, to solve the problem, we neuter, yeah, we neuter and put them back and then let these kind people continue to feed them, you know, take care of them on the streets and let them live the natural life. But importantly we want to replicate this to the whole Penang Island. And uh, we then can see the impact. So we actually so far done thousand six hundred uh, strays, yeah. you know, thousand six hundred. But um, uh, we we still feel it's not fast enough because actually the facilities, even though we started in first of March two zero one eight, but we started in a very small scale first. We waited for the council to extend their pound for us, and uh, where now we are operating out from the council where it's extended to 60 canners but the place was only fully operational last august so it was like not even uh one year yet when we moved to this place to so to to extend our project so when we got the place and we extended our number of neuterings uh last year august to december and to in fact to january and february we managed to do quite a lot quite a lot during that period of time and then uh because of nco uh, yeah. we reduced again the number because it was not, not so easy to go out and catch dogs yeah. during that time. We are not allowed to go out and catch dogs that time. Yeah. Not allowed. But we still right now during MCO that time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right now actually uh, now we sort of back to normal but we of course have to operate in a way that we also have social distancing so we are not full force yet. You know, mm. we still take turn to come back and uh, but all this while during MCO, we still do, do, do neutering because majority of our dogs comes from the council. Council oh. continue to catch the dogs. Yeah. yeah, but during MCO, they they still catch, but is that they reduce their catching too because they need some manpower in other areas. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I it has been ongoing, just that it slowed down during MCO. Mm. Yeah. I can imagine that like, during MCO when everyone is at home and the strays are out there, I'm sure they have mm. more freedom to even, you know, migrate to places. And I think it's going to worsen this, isn't it? Mm, yeah, during MCO, we heard of a lot of uh, hungry strays because a lot of shops were closed. 
yeah. the regular feeders cannot reach to them. Exactly. Uh, they cannot feed, feed the strays. Then there were a lot of hungry strays around. But again, we are very thankful to the council because during the NCO that time, they actually, uh, through IAPWA recommendation, they give us uh, 15 letters to um, big regular feeders you know, wow. uh, to actually allow them to actually go yeah. around to feed the strays in a particular yeah. area identified in the letter two hours a day. So mm -hmm. actually, these uh, dogs yeah. will actually help. Yeah, and uh, and and the council with the approval of the I mean council to do this, I think it's very humane and understanding of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. So that this feeder doesn't <laughs> have to feed. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have to worry about being caught and all this with the mm. approval of the letter. Yeah. That's good. Like, uh, if any feeders are listening right now, thank you so much for doing this, for feeding our strays. And um, also, like, I do know that from uh, my adoption with a puppy early this year, that Ibuwa Penang does subsidize a number, like a fee for me to neuter my dog. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so actually, like, we understand then we we want to do the TNR like I said earlier. We need to release the dog back to location. But there are some dogs that due to uh, being puppies when they are caught, they are too young. We cannot just neuter and then release them back. It is too young to neuter. By the time we keep them to adult and we neuter and we throw them back, you know, it's not right. It's not right. They cannot survive on their home. That's on their own. So that's why we also encourage animal lovers to adopt from us, and we want to promote responsible pet ownership also. So we need to encourage people to neuter and spay their dogs, whether it's a male or female, we encourage them to do that. And it's, as you sign the agreement, the form, you know, yeah. you, you agree to actually neuter. Yeah, so uh, to encourage that, because one of the things we found that a lot of people don't want to neuter is one thing is the cost is prohibitive to some. And also maybe they don't know the way you know, the traditional way of keeping pets and they don't know, they don't even go to the vets and all this. So they don't know that you have to go to a vet or which vet to go to neuter and all this. And the inconvenience, and they don't know like, after you spay, neuter, you know, how, 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 how long they have to take care and all this. So we want to encourage our adopters to actually adopt from us and also to have responsible pet ownership. So we encourage them to bring it, the puppies back to us to neuter when they are matured. Yeah, so we subsidize as a way to encourage people to do so. How old is Matilda? Only... Um, generally, for for pets, I mean for strays, we, our vets here with the private vets, they will neuter them when they are above four months old. Uh, but um, for household pets, maybe we recommend maybe six months, you know, mm. when they are uh, two. To, to time they, they, they can start to get on hit uh, then uh, yeah we, we look at the sometimes we look at the teeth you know they change then uh, we encourage them to to uh, come in and bring in to new through us uh. but we still send to a private vets we still send no. a private vets we don't have our own vet so mm. but we then subsidize the, our adopters to mm. do so Mm, that's that's and it's it's a very good uh initiative. I think personally, when I heard of that, I was like in a shock that how you guys have to look for fundings to get you know dogs to go to neuter, and then you guys do subsidies, and then you have to take care of the dogs. I think there's a lot of responsibility there, right? Yeah. 
So in, in terms of like um, starting an NGO, like we, go, we, we have to go back to starting an NGO because uh, this is a topic that Sans is quite interested if, in because he's in business. And he has been asking me like, I, I don't know how our NGO, how to start one. So I think uh, uh, yeah. Sans could... Yeah, because because like like us uh, in Jumix, we are like a private company. So it's our object yeah. objective is of course ultimately we want to be profitable. But for NGO, I think <laughs> being profitable is not the primary objective. I know most of the time you guys maybe are not profit profitable. So I'm very curious like how you guys to be able to self sustain. You know, like how do you get funding? How do you manage the people? How do you get the daily operation going? Well, to me, to Actually, for NGO, first of all, importantly, is we must be able to sell the cost to mm. people to tell them why is it worthwhile to support our cost, mm. you know, promotion and explain to people why it is worthwhile, why is it worthwhile for them to put money into our cost. That's one thing. But besides being why, they must also have confidence as the money that they actually donated to us is well used. So we need to manage the funds in an effective way, economical way, efficiently to make sure that this hard-earned money from these donors are really maximized in our effort. We must give people this kind of confidence to get the support mm. from donors and supporters. So it's very important to run an NGO to me, uh, run it professionally. Um, we cannot view this as uh, we're running a shelter or anything like that. We have to view it as we're running a society to, that runs a project. And I always tell my team that we should actually treat it as we run a, like a public listed company. In terms mm -hmm. of transparency, accountability, we have to do it in a way. We cannot treat it as running a sole proprietorship mentality mm -hmm. where we, one person decide on something, there's no internal control, you know, there's no sustainability, there's no continuity. So we need to build the society. We are actually running a society that actually must have the confidence of the public that we are doing the right thing, uh, the right way. And uh, that's where then public can see the outcome and that's where we have the support from people to to in the fundraiser and all kind mm. of thing. So it's very important to run it well. I see, I see. It sounds like you had a lot of experience running an NGO, but actually, Iwa Penang has only been running for two years, two and a half, two, 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 maybe two or more years. So, did you like go through any courses or crash course or, or did you get a mentor to, you know, run this? I mean, it, it's, it's something very not easy. Um, no, there's, there's no, I don't think there's any course in uh, here that to teach you how to run an NGO or yeah. even start an NGO or register an NGO. So it's all through trial and error, through experience, because in the past, like I said, before I started Iowa Penang, I was helping some other NGOs and some other shelters. But um, I feel that the management could actually be improved more professionally. So that's why I went in and I, I tried to learn more. I, I read up, you know, in the information age, it's very easy to get information as to actually what you must comply with, how do you run a society. Everything is there in the website. So it's a matter of whether you have the heart to do it so and learn mm. and talk to people networking and then read and then just do it so that's what i have been doing yeah i think same goes to even like private businesses or even any business at all like all these are very uh, good tips to to run any business or, or even for an ngo so um like we understand that 
Aiba Penang actually uh, worked very closely with MBPB, but is their support sufficient so far from what they are doing? Of course, you've been saying a lot, but in terms of running the business, do they give you any any support at all? Uh, no. Uh, at council is only under the MOU. They only provide us with the building that is their dog mm-hmm. pound, which okay. is already very good because they give us the the space in this partnership, mm-hmm. so that the dogs that they caught by them, uh. Are put in a pound for three days, and after three days, if nobody claim, then it officially belongs to the council, which then they can, yeah, we can take over to send them for neutering and spaying. So all these are done in the council's premise, which is a pusat kawana anjing lian and terbel MPPP. So that's yeah. what they provide. So of course, comes with the building is of course they pay for electricity and water because council building, and we are very grateful for having this facility already. But the rest mm. of the costs will be borne by us yeah, in terms of running the place. That like even our caretaker, dog food, and everything, we have to pay for it. Mm, understand. Yeah. So when it comes to like running an NGO, I, I believe just now you said you do not run a shelter. Are there? Is this mm. a major misconception when it comes to Iwa Penang? Yeah, when a lot of people talk about animal welfare NGOs uh, uh, society, straight away they think that all animal welfare or NGOs has a shelter to run mm-hmm. and they assume that they can just bring in dogs or cats you know, from the strays or do rescues. And sometimes we even receive requests as far as from Perak, you know, uh, oh. us to rescue <laughs> yeah, dogs from there to bring to our place. But it, it's not our place. We don't have our own shelter. So like we said, we are actually partnering the council and working out our council's premise. So the purpose of this partnership is to actually neuter and release or rehome the dog. So the place we have is just temporary while the dog are recuperating, rehabilitating before we release or we rehome. So it's not for us to keep the dog here forever. So there's a misconception, some uh, thing that we run a shelter, they want to sur- surrender their unwanted pets to us and all this. We can't do that. We don't run a shelter. Yeah, so there's the misconception and some ask us to bring in cats, uh, neuter cats. We also don't do that because currently we focus on dogs in the MOU. Mm-hmm. Okay. Understand. So quick question, if we really see some strays who are badly injured, who should we call? Mm, there are actually some NGOs that actually do rescues. Mm-hmm. They have shelters. They do their their, their rescues, and some people who have uh, they they can re- they do they do report to them. But we have to understand that these NGOs also they uh they have limited resources and manpower, so mm-hmm. they may not be able to also rescue all the strays. Mm, understand. So whenever uh, when we are driving on the road or anything, then if we really see an injured puppy, other than taking them to the vet. Uh, are those like NGOs the place to go for this, you know, injured strays? Uh, we have cases of people actually referring uh, like, you know, injured dogs or abandoned dogs that need help. So what we do is we do provide them with guidance as to we tell them, okay, you can bring to the vets and then um, we tell them how you can reach out to the public. There are people who selflessly actually do the rescue, but they don't have the funding themselves. So mm. we like, refer them to like what, Facebook that they can post to try to raise mm-hmm. funds, but we teach them that they have to do it transparently, do it correctly, you know, that kind of way to to mm-hmm. to be accountable for their action. Yeah. yeah. So we guide them in certain way. Sometimes they need rescues but they don't have the resources or they don't know who to do rescues. We can actually advise them to who they can contact. There are some mm-hmm. private rescuers that um, you can approach them for their service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. From my understanding right now, uh, Ibo Penang actually only covers Penang Island uh, yeah. for the meantime. Like, is there a reason why it's only covered in Penang Island? Okay, so the MOU is with only our MBPP, Penang uh, Island City Council. So we have the different jurisdictions. So Penang itself has two council, the MBPP and uh, MBSP. So like we said, our we are using the MBPP's facility, their dog pound. Mm. So it's different jurisdiction. We cannot expand to the mainland. It's a different budget, different resources. Mm. Uh, and the MOU is in only in Penang and uh, Island. And why is it for island? Because the government feels that probably as an island, a higher chances of uh, showing results, success mm. for yeah. this uh, TNR in the years mm. to come. And we have to understand that we cannot see the results in two or three years, you know, because if we can see the result oh, yeah. in two or three years, then I think whole world will have no straight issues anymore. <laughs> you know, it needs yeah, time yeah. to solve. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, in terms of like getting fundings and all that, especially during MCO, what are your struggles? You know, just running, running Iwa Pinang. Yeah. So normally before MCO, we have different various ways to raise funds. Uh, we actually raise funds from online direct appeal. We sell merchandise through events and online. We actually have uh, donation boxes in some areas. Then every Sunday that you adopted a puppy from us in OBS, yeah. we actually have a donation drive, adoption drive, merchandise sales. But these activities doesn't really give us enough funds to actually um, sustain the whole project. Yeah. So we have to do major activities like three or four times a year that mm. through these major activities we can raise sufficient funds to last us for a few months so like mm. uh, we have our annual food fair used to be like in november we had it twice that was very helpful that we raised sufficient funds to last us like three to four months you know oh, then wow. but unfortunately this year we have three major events that was supposed to mm. be planned to carry out to help us to sustain for the next year uh, we we have to cancel. One was we had a we have planned a run of five kilometer run with uh, targeted one thousand participants to raise funds. You know, and uh, that was planned June July. We have to cancel, and then we have another one, amazing race, uh, mm. where we already booked straight ski in September, where owner and uh, their dogs can participate in events. Yeah. which also <laughs> supposed to be a fundraiser. Yeah. Also, we have to cancel. And then our annual food fair in November obviously has to be cancelled. So, so these three major events has been cancelled mm. uh, due to the, the pandemic. So that is now, that's why it's more challenging now. So we are trying to adopt the new normal, the new normal. Yeah. So we are trying to do fundraising online and stuff like that. Yeah. So in terms of uh, doing fundraising online and all that, you guys still have to stay transparent. So is there any struggles, you know, behind staying transparent that way? Um, no, there's no issues. Uh, as we, like we mentioned just now, we have uh, professionals in the committee, so we understand yeah. very well internal controls, the need for audit trails, proper capturing of transaction, everything. So whether we raise funds online or offline or in events, we have our own standard of uh, control. Like for example, every donation, we have to issue receipts. There are donors who tell me, never mind, don't want, don't want. But I say, you don't want, we also need to issue because we, it's important to have serial 
number in our accounting and recording purposes, audit trail, everything. So I say, if you don't want, also we have to issue. So some say, okay, you just issue that we just don't send to them. And uh, we have our, in, our own internal control, like uh, donation boxes. We cannot just open like that. We need to have two two members at least to witness, one to count, one to confirm, to sign, you know, that kind of thing. Then when it comes to payment, again, we understand because like I say from accounting and finance background, we know that we have to have supporting documents without bills, without uh, invoices, without supporting documents, uh, receipt, all this, we cannot issue or make payment. Mm. Yeah, so uh, our accounts are audited, fully audited, externally audited. In fact, we mm. just done our second year account, which I just oh. got it them uh, and uh, in a way of commissioner off <laughs> to go and swear that this is true and fair. Yeah. Yeah. So is everything done in a professional way? Like I said, we have to manage our society like just like a public listed oh, yeah. company, high level of standard and professionalism. Mm. Right now that I'm listening to all of your, all your responsibilities, I'm like thinking, what should I do a day? You know, like, I have to take care of my dogs. I have to, you know, reply to my messages. I have to, you know, run the, the company. I mean, the, the committee, the society. I have to talk to my team members. There are so, so many things to do and also so many things to think about. I think, um, not, I think as a struggle to get funds and also volunteers, I, 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 I think, and you have to even look for like full time people to take care of the the dogs that you have with you right now okay so yeah in terms of that did the digital aid help you in any way to ease your responsibility you mean the digital yeah yes definitely we like looking for to... timers online or adopters yes definitely the facebook especially helps us a lot the social media so to reach out to people to supporters, to adopters, to donors, we use the Facebook a lot. It's very, very useful, very effective. Mm, like for me myself, I also found out about Iwa Penang through Facebook from your like active yeah. postings and all that. Like I've, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember there was one post before when you guys were like posting docs uh, holding a brunch and then calling them brunch managers. Like I was, yeah. I, still can't yeah. I can still yeah. remember that post so vividly. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah. It, other than like uh, having Facebook, are there any plans of expansions into like digital space? Uh, so we well recently we started to be, be a little bit more uh, active in uh, Instagram and mm. uh, yeah so and uh, like we have been talking to your guys you all been like trying to help us to do yeah. the 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 one click donation kind of thing mm-hmm. which is uh which which we hope to engage in the future which probably is very important because with mm. uh e wallet. You know, all this, uh, we want to make it easier for people to reach out to donate to support our cause. So definitely, we have to use a lot of digital social media in our, our I mean, our NGOs. You, you cannot run away from this, whether it's business or NGO. We need to make a change, especially in a new, new normal. You know, yeah, we cannot go back to the old ways. Exactly. But was it hard yeah. for you to cope with, you know, going from a more offline business to online, you know, to put everything online? Um, actually, we have been like relying a lot on social media like Facebook for, since the inception, since the start of uh, mm. I Want Benign, we have been using yeah. it. So it's not so difficult in that way. And uh, just that, like I said, the major fundraiser and uh, mm. we are actually quite... Um, 
I would say quite grateful to a group of volunteers that are actually helping us now to actually create um, online events, online fundraiser. They are very enthusiastic and very passionate group of volunteers that, that, that uh, are running some events for us. So we need to test out and focus on this mm. and see whether I, it works or not. I guess it's also because of social media, you get to connect with this uh, passionate bunch of, you know, you know, digital yes. nomads that are, or, or people that are on digital space more often to be able to run, you know, help you guys on, you know, easing the process of going online. Because as you said, you have already so much to do and you still have to do so many things and learn so many things. I'm sure it's going to be a struggle. But uh, for all the struggles you do, of course, we are hoping that today this live stream itself or even the this whole podcast will be recorded and also posted on YouTube, uh, Spotify and all that. Uh, do help your cause uh, and Aiwa Penang. But uh, with all the struggles put aside, we have to come back to the point that I think a lot of listeners here today are eager to listen to. Uh, we would like to know on your experience being with Aiwa, are there any adoption stories that you would like to share? like inspiring and it's always close to you. It keeps you, uh, you know, keeps you going to what you're doing right now for Aymapinang. Actually, we have uh, rehomed quite a lot of uh, dogs, you know, mm. um, like we have TNR 1,600 dogs mm. above that, you know, and uh, out of that, we rehomed 350 um dogs and puppies mostly puppies around 280 puppies and every one of them are really very special to us you know every one of them and uh, but of course there are some that are probably more uh, more 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 vivid in my mind in my head uh like uh, i have one case of uh it was like two years ago two years ago there was this puppy she was about three months old that was caught by a counselor and came to our hands and we found an adopter, but unfortunately, we discovered that the puppy was sick. It had a kind of a virus, and uh, mm. we actually treated the puppy. But after treatment, it has to be under quarantine for at least one month. And but because we don't have a facility, we cannot quarantine the the pup in the, the dog pound because it's not yeah. not right. You know, uh, it may 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 cause the diseases to to spread to other dogs. So we have to find um, help temporary. So there was this private shelter that actually offered to help us to, to take care of the dogs for one month because they have the, the expertise in that. So they, they helped and they did their part. They helped and foster for one month past the quarantine period. But unfortunately, after that, the adopter changed his mind and he actually bought a German Shepherd and said he doesn't want the, yeah. the dog anymore. So yeah. then we had problem. We couldn't release the dog back to the streets and... Uh, and in the end, this private shelter was very kind and wanted to just keep the dog. But I couldn't shake that image out from my head because I saw the photos of the dogs just being transferred into a cage. And I, I, I told myself, I cannot spend the... I mean, I cannot save this dog and let her spend the rest of the life in a cage, you know, in a jail. Mm. So then I worked very hard to promote the adoption of this dog. And in the end, we actually found a doctor for this dog. And it was like two years ago and she's having a very good life now so mm. this is something that's good uh, yeah that's good. Uh, and, yeah. Mm. yeah that's good um in terms of like we we do see like mostly strays are mongrels like is there an issue when people say that um you know they don't want to adopt 
mongrels because they want to go for like like the story that you shared they rather go for a german shepherd or something that is more uh pedigree based dogs yeah we have actually quite a number of people that wrote to us and they want especially small breed and then we have uh small breed are usually pedigrees you can see yeah. and uh, they also there are people who actually adopted a a mixed breed from us and took home mm -hmm. and uh, the the son was very upset with the parent for taking home the mixed breed pup yeah. when he yeah. wanted to buy a labrador and after two days we have to take the dog back when we know that if the dog is unwelcome in the house it wouldn't have a good life too and finally in the end we rehome to a much better family for the dog yeah there mm -hmm. are there are still people who somehow want breeded but we can take to heart that for a past Two years, we can see more and more people are actually stepping up to adopt, and they don't mind adopting mongrel mixed breed. And actually, quite a number that came to us and say they actually appreciate mongrel mixed breed better because mm. they tend to be, um, you know, healthier, easier to oh. take care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we can see a change of mindset. Uh, education is very important. Mm. Awareness is very important, and we we are seeing more and more. And there are people who actually just come and adopt. A puppy recently that uh, had a very bad scar on her back. Mm. Uh, there were five of the puppies, and one of it was uh, quite injured when they came to her hand. And and we healed her, but the scar grew very long as she grew bigger. The scar also grew longer. Yeah. And from the five, we thought that this the one with scar one is the hardest to be rehomed. But we had this very very amazing a doctor that came and is. Mm and see that the, the, the puppy has this scar and think that also unlikely other people will choose this pup and uh, she yeah. actually chosen this pup and said she wants to take home and help this puppy so it's also yeah so that, that's, that, there are a lot of very touching stories uh, that we come across we have we have more people that support mongrels and than, than those who want by uh, degree from our point of view uh. but there are of course people who wanted wanted to buy yeah. But uh, I would like to ask if, you know, uh, there's a lot of mixed breeds and it's very hard for you to find strays who are pedigrees. But do you go against people buying dogs? Mm, we, well, some people say they have the right to choose the breed that they want. You know, they have the right to buy. But we would encourage people to adopt the pets because, I mean, to me, they are. They, they are basically same. They, they are as intelligent, you know, uh, it, may, it might be even more intelligent than some pedigree. But I do understand that there are some people due to constraints in their house, Condo, small yeah. apartment, small unit. Yeah, where they, they want the companion of uh, animals, they want a companion of a dog, but they cannot bring in a medium-sized mongrel and all this, you know. So they, they have their rights, but they have to, you know, try to, we, we should always try to encourage adoption uh, because if they want even small breed, there are actually many shelters that rescue abandoned small breed dogs. Mm. And they should actually approach all these shelters to actually adopt these abandoned small breed dogs rather than to buy. Uh. Yeah, understand. Like, I can uh, definitely, you know, say that mixed breed are still very, very smart. Like, for, for you, you guys who have been listening, I adopted a. Uh, a uh, puppy from Aiwa Penang and she is 
so so smart <laughs> like during the first or second week that she came we have been trying to train her and all that she listens to all the comments very well even um, until today although she's a bit more spoiled by our love and, uh, and and tension from the mco that we have like everyday mco we just have to speak to our dog and she's always there to you know welcome you and always there to be happy to see you and whenever when there's an extension of mco i think the happiest among all is my dog because everyone is at home nowadays so yeah uh, for a lot of people that are going through mco i would highly suggest you to adopt because you know adopt being your companion at home it is just a very different kind of house and a different kind of home that you're going home to especially if for myself the reason why i actually adopted a dog one reason is because i i work quite a lot <laughs> and then i don't want to go home sometimes so i got a dog so that uh it forces me to go home and, and understand that a dog is waiting for me at home so it it, it changes the whole you know environment at home and my, my mom and dad loves uh mocha my dog and they are so entertained by her i think it's one of the few things that most people who are still trying to make their mind to adopt should really go and try and adopt from from iwa especially you know to support whatever that you are doing so other than that i think um what are the most frequent kind of adoption reasons that you get like why do they want to adopt is there any like because they have a kid at home or or they want a responsibility or so a companion is there anything that is most frequently heard but we got a uh, quite a number of adopters who had dogs that pass away and mm. i think because they have been having dogs for the you know for so long in their life when uh, there is no more dogs they feel incomplete mm. they they need a furry companion and we are very happy to to rehome to such adopters mm. yeah, because they really want them as a family yeah, they, yeah. 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 Okay, I think... Uh, so in the sense that you, you guys actually also you evaluate the owners before you let them carry the pet home, right? Yeah, we uh, can mm. ask Diana. We actually ask questions <laughs> before adoption. Yeah, to go through the interview <laughs> yeah. process to make sure you are the right yeah. person. To do. Yeah. Mm. yeah, we have to ask. Then uh, we interview through either through phone or WhatsApp or mm. messages. And then those who come to our adoption drive, I mean, we can see we can see how they interact with the puppies, their body language. And mm. uh, it's, it's not that we rehome to everybody. There are some people, they came and then we can see how they they handle the puppies in rough, rough, roughly, you know, they just flick the pup and all this. Then they say, oh, they really want, they really want to be, uh, not give it to mm. them. Even they say they like it, but you can see from their body language. Yeah, mm. so yeah. we will, we will, we will reject this kind of adopters. And we yeah, also require our doctor to agree to spay and neuter. Yeah, yeah, so if they, yeah, that, yeah, so in the agreement, you can see. Yeah. So there are, there, there was a case where someone wanted three puppies to take care of his uh, bungalow and uh, mm -hmm. but he doesn't want it to be neutered and uh, we rejected him you know mm -hmm. because we we had to have to look at the uh, welfare you know what if they continue to breed and mm -hmm. then they they causing more problems so yeah yeah so we have certain criteria set yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think yeah because, uh, because i think there's a lot of first time you know uh 
people who exactly. want to adopt a pet, then they they just like mm. go go and try mm. to adopt because it's free or it's, it's something mm. uh easy to do it. So, but they they are not really mm. committed to doing this. So, I think you guys having the evaluation process and interview process is very important to you know make sure mm. the welfare of the animals are well taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. We have some uh, that are first timers. There are first timers, then we will we will tell them, you know, the problem. I mean, the the challenges and the cause, especially puppies biting, yeah, you know, pet, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So we make sure they they really really understand. But um, yeah, we have actually experienced with a few first timers, but they turn up very good adopters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good That's adopters. Good. Even been first timer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think we have came to almost the end of the session. But are there any questions or any listeners out there would like to ask questions to Miss Chong? Please do leave them on the comments below so that Miss Chong can get back to you uh, within this session. Or else uh, later on she might use Ibas Penang's Facebook to reply to those questions. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, before we end, we of course we have been sharing a lot on what Iwapinai is doing, what is Miss Chong doing, the team behind Iwapinai. But how do we actually? Uh, how can we support? Mm, okay. So, like I said, we have one group of volunteers that are now running and trying to help us to uh, raise funds online. So, uh, these people from uh, Alpha Perkit Academy and uh, Pro Media mm. and a few individuals they come together and uh, do. Uh, uh, I formed a committee called Furry Hopes 2.0 to actually help us to raise funds. Th- this committee was supposed to actually run the amazing event in September in Srisky, yeah. but we have to cancel the, the underground event. So they creatively came up with this uh, online fundraising called amazing Festival, which mm-hmm. is a series of uh, online uh, fundraising activities that will be coming out. And uh, we have the very first of the series activity which is a amazing squat challenge okay which mm-hmm. you can see in our facebook and also the link that we will share uh, mm-hmm. to to see how people respond to all this online event and it will be good if more people participate to actually encourage us also uh, and to to uh to i mean you know to to make this a success so that we we can continue to do more online fundraising and uh yeah, besides this, uh, of course, people can actually subscribe to, I mean, can, can buy our merchandise online if they want mm, to. Sure. And presently, presently, we have a few, uh, two artists that are actually working and painting and sketching for us yeah, to, to raise funds. Yeah, uh, then we, yeah, we also have like Pro Media who is try, uh, selling this um, set to clean yeah. where you step on it to a hands-free sanitizer mm-hmm. and they have yeah. kindly uh, mm-hmm. yeah, kindly offered to donate 10 ringgit per unit for us, you know. So there are various ways that there are people who approach us and uh, there's one more singing bowl where they, they use uh, singing bowl to heal and they want to donate 50% oh. of uh, their proceeds to us. Mm-hmm. So we... We welcome all kind of uh, creative ways to help us to raise funds. But in terms of, do you guys need like dog food donations or any anything that we can help out with your daily operations? Um, we need rice. Uh, mm-hmm. We need. Uh, we use a lot of uh, bleach to disinfect the area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we actually have to maintain the hygiene and uh, the of the area. So we use a lot of this rice and uh, bleach. 
How about dog food? Yeah. Is that necessary for? Yeah, we have a uh, wet can food. Uh, where we we do yeah. mix with the kibbles, you know, to make mm. it more palatable. Especially some sick dog, uh, and some strays that they are actually not used to eating kibbles. Yeah, I understand the because they are so are used to eating normal human food. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes they don't want to eat. Also under stress and all this being caught. So we try to make it as palatable as possible for them. We try to cook, or if not, then we have wet canned food we mix in the kibbles for them. Because mm-hmm. uh, we are join join we join we join uh, taking care of the dogs in the dog pound with the council. And uh, mm-hmm. basically, you can basically like this whole project actually. Makes the change the the stray landscape in Penang, and uh, I'm actually very proud to say that actually Penang's council doctor probably is one of the most humane in Malaysia, or probably one of the most humane in the world. So government doctor, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes. we 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 yes. something. So we we, we we try to yeah, we try to make this a. Uh, a model of success where council and government can work with NGOs to actually overcome the stress population issue, stress overpopulation issues. Okay, so I guess other than uh, whatever that you have mentioned just now, I'm I'm sure that you guys also need funding. So right now, how can we, you know, donate to Iwa Penang? Um, we have our online banking, uh, our bank bank account. Yeah, we we normally post in our Facebook. You can donate direct to that uh, link. Maybe we can share later also. Yeah, 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 for sure. And maybe in future it will be more digitalized. Like we are still trying to yes. come in. Yes. Uh, as Jumix to come yeah. in as a new partner to help uh digitalize yes. the donations and all that. So, um, yes. Yes. So think, are there any questions? Uh, sense for Miss Chong to answer right now. Um, that currently there's no questions, but I just received a lot of compliments from Miss Jong throughout oh, the live wow. video. That yeah. Miss Jong has really done a great <laughs> job. She's so lovely and so on. Yeah, so kudos to Miss Jong for your effort all these years. Yeah, okay. I think thank it's you. Not, it's really not easy to do this. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. also looking at the comments right now. A lot of. Love for Miss Chong yes. and whatever that she's doing with Aiwa Penang. I guess this is what also keeps you going every day, despite what yep. you know. It's not easy. Like, what do you but tell yourself to... when you? No, because I want to add that actually, what you all see, maybe you may think that is my success, but actually, it's not. I think it's actually a teamwork. Without all the committee, without all the staff. Special staff without all the volunteers and all the supporters, I don't think we can achieve this in Penang. So it's actually always I always believe it's a teamwork. It's a kind of teamwork, and there are people who actually thank me, but I always tell them it's actually teamwork. Without them, actually we cannot do all this. Also, it's a it's actually a community project, and uh, it's a community teamwork that will benefit the community. So it's actually not my my effort alone. I'm just happen to be the face, but actually there are a lot a lot of people. I'm very thankful behind the scene that is actually doing a lot that um, other people don't really see it. So I'm really thankful to all these people. 
That's amazing. Yeah. Like uh, this is yeah. a very it's gonna be a very helpful or useful episode for a lot of people who uh, do not know what Iwa Penang is doing, and also for people who are already supporting Iwa Penang. Thank you so much for doing whatever that you're doing now to help you know Iwa Penang and also the the community the dog community the dog lovers in penang you know to help lessen the stress i mean i honestly can feel that uh we don't when i'm driving on the road i don't usually see too many strays like especially injured ones because they are usually very well fed as what you said and um i think it's it's something that we are progressing as in in the island as well working with the penang council so Uh, I think if there's nothing else to add, Sam. Uh, that's actually one comment that asks about uh how how do they how can they pay every month. So I think if uh if in the next near future that we have able to you know do a digital payment for it once, then then we can do like a recurring payment. So you can do like a, a recurring donation every month to it once. Yeah. So that that that's about it. I think I did see a uh, initiative by. I want Penang to have uh, RM five donated every month. Is that something? Is yeah. That something yeah. On? yeah. Can you tell us more about that? So maybe our listeners uh, could do that to help your cause. Yeah. So actually, well, this idea came when we see that well, we had that time about close to six thousand Facebook followers, and then we were saying that you know actually we need roughly about twenty to thirty thousand a month about mm. that. You know. Oh. So I was thinking that well, if 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 we have a six thousand followers, each one just give us five ringgit. That's thirty thousand. That yeah. we can we can actually sustain the project. You know, then um and five ringgit it doesn't tax people. You know, we we, we sometimes five ringgit you can't even buy a bowl of a of a a, a meal. You see, so if everybody can share out this and just give us five ringgit a month, then we don't have to worry about not being able to sustain this project. So that's why the idea came to just five ringgit a month. We are not greedy. I'm not asking like a five hundred or fifty because we know in during this time a lot of people are also having difficulties. So, but if we can share out the burden, you know, then it will be very helpful. For sure, for sure. I think yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm just I'm going to do that right away after this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And for yeah. everyone listening, if you can do that, uh, maybe later we could find a link to put it on the comment section so everyone can see. Yeah. Yes. So without, uh, I think we are almost. Um, Vishal, is there any questions you want to say or anything you want to say to the public or the listeners here? Um. Mm, so uh, I'd like to like like I said just now, I would like to really thank everyone for being really being supportive. You know, without mm. every single supporter, adopters, volunteers, donors, and then we cannot achieve the results today. And even the council, the council has been very cooperative, and in fact, they actually. Has that joint training with us? You know they are very accepting of our way of catching human catching. Actually, we had uh, international dog expert. They came and train our team and the council to actually, um, basically learn how to catch humanly. We also are trained on the dog body language and all this to minimize stress to the dogs and also to minimize risk to our catcher and the council team. And they have been very cooperative and implement our humane way of catching. And humane way of transporting, where they use the um, airline-approved uh, dog carrier, and then send back to their dog pound. They actually have been very cooperative, and uh, and uh, when any dogs that they caught that need medical attention or 
or need immediate medical help, they will inform us, you know, and uh, we have turned the whole stray management into in benign into a very, very uh, humane way, in a very humane way, and also must thank the council for being so progressive and accepting of this. In fact, um, last year, one, one YB from another state came and they visited the dog pound, and actually he said this is doesn't look like a dog pound, it looks like more like a five-star boarding hotel for the <laughs> yeah. yeah so but all this is not possible if the, there's no cooperation for the council and there's no support from the public so mm. uh, i'd like to thank the council and the public for being so supportive of our effort like i said it's a community project for the benefit mm. of everyone mm. okay so again if you are listening you know what to do you know what to do how to support uh i want Penang. So without, um, you know, how, how long is this live stream? An hour and a plus, I think. Yeah. Anything else to add? All good? You know, uh, yeah. before we end, I, I, I really have to applause to whatever Iwa is doing. I'm just going to do a virtual applause. And I hope everyone is watching. You can leave a comment for applause there, right yeah. there. So, uh, so if you do like, uh, thank you so much. I mean, before we end, thank you so much, Michong, for sparing your time to share all this very informative, insightful things that you have been doing, you know, with, with Aitwa Penang and with the Penang Council and, and whatever that you're doing with the adopters. Me, myself, I know that you can remember me. I was like, eh, how, how come you can remember me when I was just talking to you via, you know, messenger? And it's not an easy thing to go and remember all the adopters, you know. It, it, you think is I can't even I sometimes I can't even remember how my friend looks like, you know. And you have to remember strangers. It's, it's something that is it, out of passion, you know. So um so Yeah, yeah thank uh, you so much, Miss Chong, and thank you to everyone who is involved in Iwa and whoever is the volunteer and whoever involved in, you know, doing all this. Uh, TNR projects and so on. You guys are really the hero of the, I mean, of the country or even the world. You know, like one thousand six hundred so, yeah. dogs, stray dogs safe is really a tremendous amount. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so I would like to thank Miss Chong, and I'm gonna do uh ending for our episode today. So if you like yeah. this episode and if you want to see more of this kind of episode, do follow our page at Jumix. Uh, or you can go to our social media. You can just search for at aliasjumix.com.my and you can see us uh, anywhere on, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Spotify, anywhere at all. We are um, we believe in you know going everywhere. <laughs> so, um, Sans, I think we're going to sign up right now. Is that good? All good? Yes, all good right now. Thank you so much, Miss Chong, for your time tonight. All right. Thanks for Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Have a good night. Ah, so how was you know? Did you learn anything from this episode? So I hope you guys learned a lot of things, and of course, I I heard a lot of things. Uh, very touch touching story from Miss Jong and amazing knowledge and information sharing from her so if you guys would like to somehow contribute or you have any questions you want to ask what please go ahead to their facebook page and they will be able to reply to you and if you if you are interested uh maybe if you are an ngo or even if you're a private business and you want to like um uh, utilize the online platform or the internet platform to help your business to grow or something please uh, get in touch with us we will be able to help you with that 
right? Mm. So, and even uh, if you want to be a guest on our next live stream, do message us and we can work things out. Yep. So I think that's it for tonight. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and for your effort towards Aiwa Penang on No Matter If You're a Dog Lover. Thank you for listening. So uh, this is the end of our live first live stream. All uh, right. I think we'll be having a live stream very soon, so do remember to follow our page. Yep. So right. Sen signing out. Bye-bye. Anna dropping her mic. <laughs> Bye.